Today's daf is Yud Aleph in Masechet Ta'anit. We are on Yud Aleph Amud Aleph, three lines from the top of the Amud. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Av. Av Yehuda said in the name of Rav. Kol Amar Yivatzmo B'Shnei Ra'avon. A person who starves himself, meaning he keeps himself hungry, he doesn't eat lavishly during a period of famine when other people don't have food. He will be saved from having any kind of a terrible death, such as dying by the sword, Rashi says, or starvation, or any death which is not a natural one in his sleep. That's what Rashi says. In other words, because he doesn't uh, indulge himself when other people are suffering. As it says in the Pasuk, it says, in hunger, Hashem saved you from death. It should really say, he saved you from hunger. But it says, it's saying, what it's saying is that because of the sachar, because of the reward, that the person keeps himself hungry in the days of famine. So it says, in other words, because of the uh, av, because he kept himself hungry during that time, uh, he gets this reward that he saved from any kind of terrible death. It's prohibited, says for a person to have marriage or relations during a famine. Because it says Yosef had two two sons before the period of the famine came, meaning that he wasn't having relations with his wife during the period uh, that there was a famine. But it says in Ravon, people who don't have children, who uh, have not fulfilled the mitzvah of Piriyavarivya, they are allowed to have relations so that they can build their family, but uh, other people are not allowed to. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbi said, when the Jewish people are suffering and in crisis and one of them separates himself from the group, the two angels that accompany every person come to him and they put their hands on his head and they say, this, they say when they put their hands on him, this man, so-and-so, who separated himself from the community, may he not see in the comfort of the community, meaning he won't be able to enjoy the good times because he didn't suffer during the bad times, he won't be able to enjoy the good times. When the community is suffering, a person should not go to his house and say, I'm going to eat and drink and may peace be upon you, my soul. In other words, he says, look, I've got what I need. Why should I have to suffer with everybody else? And if he does that, about him, the Pasuk says, and this is a Pasuk in Yeshayahu, talking about when tragedy has struck and really they should be mourning and instead they're partying. That they're celebrating slaughtering cattle and killing sheep. Eating meat and drinking wine. And saying, let's eat and drink because tomorrow we're going to die. In other words, they say, you know what? If things are so bad, we might as well party now before we die rather than taking it seriously and praying and doing teshuvah and so on. They're partying. So it says, what does it say after that? It says that this sin of saying such things will not be atoned for until you die. So the idea is that when everybody else is suffering and they should be suffering too, they're partying like crazy and uh, that is a terrible sin. And that is, that's the average person. But when they're really bad, what does it say? Even worse than that, that they said, they said, bring wine, and we will uh, gorge ourselves on uh, fine, shechar means like old wine or intoxicating drink. And um, it says in the Pasuk that tomorrow we'll do it even more. In other words, the first group said, let's eat and drink because we're going to die tomorrow. So at least they recognized they were going to die. There was a limit to their pleasure, but they said, you know what, let's, lo- let's use the end of our lives enjoying pleasure. But the second group, 
And that's even worse, says, let's party, and we're going to eat and drink. We're going to keep eating and drinking. They don't even accept that there's going to be a limit. They don't even acknowledge that they're going to die. What does it say about that? The righteous person is gone. Nobody pays attention. In other words, the idea is that Hashem takes away from the tzaddikim, either, either because he doesn't want them to pray for the, the other people to be saved, or because he doesn't want them to have to see the terrible destruction. But either way, things have truly fallen when they have no sense of responsibility, no sense of limit at all. Um, but in both cases, because of the bad, the good person is uh, gathered up, is, it ends up dying. Now the point here is that um, these people are being insensitive to the, uh, to the suffering of the community at different levels. One is, well, we're going to die, so we might as, enjoy it anyway, might as well enjoy it anyway. The other one is we're denying that we're even going to die. They're denying the suffering altogether. Whether a person should suffer together with the community. Because we find with Moshe Rabbeinu, because that's what he did. He suffered together with the community. This is during Melchemet Amalek. Moshe's hands were getting heavy. So they took a rock. And they put him on the rock. So he could sit while holding his arms up. Because as we remember in the story of Amalek, he was holding his arms up. And as long as he was holding his arms up, the Jewish people were succeeding in battle. And when he lowered his arms, they were failing in battle. So they gave him a rock to sit on. Didn't they have any cushion? Or pillow for Moshe to sit on it. That he had, he had to sit on a rock. This is what Moshe said. Since the Jewish people are suffering because they're in battle, I'm, I'm not going to uh, pamper myself and sit on a, on a cushion. I'm going to sit on a rock. Anybody who suffers together with the community, in other words, they share in the difficult times. They have the merit of seeing the comfort of the community. And maybe you'll say, who's going to know whether I did participate, let's say, in fasting or in the suffering or in the praying of the community or not? Who's going to know if I really identify with the community or not? Even the walls of a person's house and the... Uh, and the uh, the the, um, the the rocks, the stones, and the and the and the, and the uh, boards of a person's house testify against him. Shinemar, as it says, ki even It says the uh, rock from the wall will cry out. And the uh, board of uh, wood will will respond. In other words, the idea is that the the house itself will testify. The two angels that accompany a person everywhere will testify about it. Because Hashem will command his angels for you, meaning that they'll also be the ones who record and notice your deeds and whether you did the right thing or not. Rabbi Chidkaomer, Nishmatoshel Adam, actually the soul of the person testifies against them. As it says, from the person who, uh, from the one who is in you, lying on your chest. Uh, meaning this is from this is from pasuk uh, in Micha it says you should guard what you say even from the one who's lying on your chest meaning you can't even trust your own wife is the simple meaning of the uh, of the pasuk that people cannot uh, trust even their own spouses but what it means here is that is saying from your soul that's inside you it will testify against you some say the limbs of a person will testify you are my witnesses and it's in the plural meaning that you meaning you your totality of your body testifies against you um, that you've done wrong um my, and then the Pasuk says, It says Hashem is a trustworthy God and He has no corruption. Eh, what does it mean? 
just like Hashem punishes the wicked in the next world, even for a small sin, shosin, that they do. So to Hashem, makes sure to punish the tzaddikim in this world for a small sin that they do. But there's no distortion and there's no, there's no corruption. Just like the righteous people get their reward in the next world, even on a small thing that they do. The, the wicked people get paid in this world for this, even a small mitzvah that they do. The idea is that the, the tzaddik, really, his ultimate goal and his desire is for the reward of Olam Haba, which is the spiritual reward. So therefore, he would rather have his punishment in this world than his reward in the next. The Rasha, Rasha, he loves this world, so Hashem pays him in this world, and he loses the next world, or, or gets punishment in the next world that he doesn't have any connection to anyway. Tzaddik Vishahu, it says Hashem is righteous and straight, um, it says in the parentheses here, Amru uh, Bishat. But it says in the side should say, what it should say according to the text on the side is Milamed Shebishat. It teaches you that in the time when a person goes to his final rest, Kol Maasav probably should say Nifratin. Let's see what it says. Um, yeah, Nifratin. All of his actions are detailed in front of him. And they say to him, This is what you did in such and such place, in such and such time. And he says, yes. And they say to him, sign. And he signs on it. With the hand of each person, it is sealed. In other words, the idea is that a person signs on to their own, uh, the assessment of their own behavior, uh, affirming that it's true. Not only that, but the person will justify their judgment. And he'll say, you did right the way you judged me. As David Amalek said, so that you should be, should be justified in your word. In other words, whatever Hashem's decree is, is justified because we testify as to the truth of the statements he makes. And, um, and it's, it's somewhat reminiscent of those old movies when the people would have their life reviewed uh, after their death. But that's basically the concept that it's saying here, that a person's whole life is reviewed at the time of their death. A person who takes upon himself a personal fast is called a sinner. He holds like the following. Rabbi Lazar Kapar, the distinguished, says, Why does it say about the Nazir that he has to have an atonement because he sinned on a soul, on the soul? What's did he, what soul did he sin on? Ella, right? It sounds like he murdered somebody. What does it mean he sinned against the soul? It means because he tortured himself, withholding himself from wine. So you see that holding yourself back from a pleasure is a bad thing. If a person who only withheld himself from wine, so certainly a person who withdraws from all pleasure and, and accepts a fast upon himself, for sure, he's going to be considered a type of a sinner. Now, but Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar disagrees with Shmuel and says, Nikah Kadosh is called holy. Shenemar, Kadosh yet says the Nazir is holy. Gadel Perasarosho, he should make his hair long, he's holy. Now, if this Nazir only withheld himself, he only abstained from one thing, which is wine is called Kadosh, then somebody with, with, uh, who abstains from everything is even more holy. In other words, according to Shmuel, he's a sinner, the Nazir is a sinner, and the person who fasts is even more of a sinner. And according to the Rabbi Al-Azhar, the Nazir is holy, and the person who fasts is even more holy. What does Shmuel do with the fact that the Nazir is called Kadosh? That's just talking about the hair that he grows is called holy. But that doesn't mean that he is holy. 
holy. What about the fact that the Nazir is called a sinner that he has to be atoned for because he sinned with a soul? That's actually only talking about the person who sinned by becoming Tememet. That's the only case where he has to bring that special atonement uh, because because he sinned with a soul. It means because he came into contact with the dead. It's not talking about what he's done to himself being a Nazir. It's talking about the fact that he wasn't careful enough and he um, and he made a mistake and he ended up becoming Tamek. Now, Umi Amar Rabbi Elazar Achid, did Rabbi Elazar really say this? That fasting makes you holy. Amar Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar said, Lo Lam Yovod Adam, Atzmo, a person should always measure himself, Ki'ilu Kadosh, Aroi Betoch Me'av, as if holiness is inside his belly. Uh, she says, Ki'ilu Kol Me'av Kadosh, as if his whole stomach is holy. Va'asul Achishan, and you can't weaken it. And you can't, uh, and you can't, uh, deprive it because, it says in the Pasuk, in your midst is holy. And we learned earlier about this Pasuk that it means Hashem is saying, until you are holy, uh, until there's holiness in your midst, Hashem will not come into the, uh, Yerushalayim Shel Ma'la. His, his presence will not dwell in the, uh, in the, the heavenly Jerusalem, so to speak. But here it's focusing on the idea that it says it's the inside you is holy. And what does that mean? So therefore you should not, uh, you should not uh, withhold yourself from eating and drinking, right? So now it says, It depends if the person is capable of handling it, they're strong enough, and it will actually uplift them and elevate them, so then it's considered making them kadosh. If they are someone who uh, cannot and just suffers and just doesn't end up, um, and just doesn't end up, uh, uh, fulfilling the uh, purpose of the fast anyway. So then it becomes a negative. Rish Lakish says he's called a chassid. Now Rashi says it means because it says uh, a person who takes care of his soul is ish chassid, is a man of kindness. The whole pasuk says that if a person is a... Um, is gomel nafsho ish chassid, that the person who takes care of his soul is a man of kindness, but a person who um, damages his flesh is cruel, right? So the, the point is that uh, the way that Rashi interprets it is that it means gomel nafsho ish chasid, means that if a person separates, here gomel means somebody who weans, like to wean a baby off of nursing. So it says you're weaning your um, yourself off of food and drink by fasting, that's called ish chasid, you're doing a kindness to, kindness to yourself. Or Rashi says another possibility of gomel here could be that you're perfecting your soul, you're doing a kindness to your soul by perfecting it, so that person is gomele nafsho ish chasid. That person is doing something good to themselves. So he's called a chasid. Ve'ochir shero, but the person who damages himself because he's not able to handle the fast. Uh, so that person is called achzari, is called cruel. That's the way that Rashi interprets it. Tosfot here says, Perushi gomele chasid nafsho she'eno mitane. According to him, it's saying that the person who doesn't fast is called a chassid, not the person who does. Now, the Gemara goes on and says, Rav Sheshet said, if there's a student in yeshiva that accepts upon himself a personal fast, a dog should eat his portion, meaning he's wasted. Why, why should he lower his ability to learn by fasting? He doesn't deserve that food. The only true communal fast in Bavel was Tisha B'Av, where they fully observed a fast in the uh, in all of its restrictions, the full day, and all of the different uh, requirements of the fast, like today. A Talmud Chacham is not allowed to fast additional fasts beyond what the requirements are, because it makes him weak, and then he's not able to engage in Melechet Shemaim, he's not able to engage in the holy work of heaven of learning and teaching, etc. The first three fasts 
of the Yechidim, of the, of the rabbis, after, when a drought seems to be starting, and as well as the first three fasts that the community observes, these are fasts that we're allowed to eat the night before. We only fast during the daytime. If a, an individual accepts a fast upon himself the day before, and, uh, and the, even though the whole night he eats and drinks, he still says during the daytime. If the person extends the fast, meaning that after the fast is over, they continue fasting and they don't eat until the next morning. Then he doesn't say that they, and they know because his fast is actually over. Even though he continued fasting, his fast is over. says, What does Is it because he holds that you can't have a fast that is not a full day? So since this guy extended past his fast day, another several hours, even 12 hours, it's called that doesn't count as a fast day and therefore you can't say Or maybe he holds that you can do a fast that's only a few hours and it counts as a fast, but it's not enough to say Anenu. So what's the reason why he says you can't say Anenu? Actually, Rav Huna says you can make a fast that's only a few hours, less than a full day. And he also agrees that somebody who fasts for only a few hours can say that. The problem is that those hours he didn't accept from the beginning. In other words, what did he do? He simply kept fasting past the time that he, uh, uh, you know, that he had already been fasting. He just extended his fast, right? So uh, like Rashi explains, He did not accept this as a fast. He just continued with his pre-existing fast. So therefore, that's why it doesn't have an, uh, any concept of anenu. He's just continuing to fast. He hasn't broken his original fast yet, but he didn't actually establish those hours as a fast. But if he had accepted established a certain set of hours as a fast, then that set of hours would be considered a fast even for the purpose of saying anenu. Now there is a machlok at Rishonim. If you can do that, if the fast doesn't extend all the way to the end of the day, in other words, is the only time where a tanit sha'ot works, where a fast, uh, uh, where fast um, goes to, meaning that you didn't eat or drink in the morning and then you decide to, to continue that until the end, or you didn't eat and drink at night and you decide to continue that until the next day, that's called tanit sha'ot, since you didn't accept it in advance. Um, or is Ta'anit Sha'ot, um, uh, meaning you only accepted part of it in advance because you had started the fasting the night before and then you decided to make the next day a fast or you started fasting that morning, you decided to make the rest of the day a fast. Or is Ta'anit Sha'ot, even if you uh, you eat during uh, part of the day, it could still be called a Ta'anit Sha'ot as long as you didn't eat during the part of the time that you designated as the Ta'anit Sha'ot. That's a whole discussion. Um, we'll see more about it in the Gemara coming up about Ta'anit Sha'ot and we'll, t- we'll mention what the Halakha is about the Ta'anit Sha'ot. But meanwhile, the point is that in this case, the person who fasted during the day and just simply continued um, fasting into the next night and day, that's not really considered a fast in its own right, and that's not going to get an anenu. Now the Gemara says, Mo'ukva, ikla leginzak. Mo'ukva came to ginzak. Ba'umine, they asked him a question. They said, uh, first of all, mit'anin l'sha'ot, l'sha'ot. can you make a fast of just a few hours or not? Meaning not a full day. Can you make such a fast? Num- that's question number one. And, uh, and, and he said, uh, he didn't know the answer. What about the containers of, uh, that, uh, we get, that non-Jews have stored wine and now we get them from them. Can we use them? Can we use those, uh, 
uh, containers for other things or not. And lo hava he didn't know that either. So then, and then they asked him one more question. We know that the first seven days of the dedication of the Mishkan before the Kohanim took over, Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who was serving in the place of a Kohen doing all the work. What did, what did he wear? He didn't wear the big day kiwana. Lo hava he didn't know the answer to that either. So Azal v'shel be midrasha. So Mokva came and asked in the Beit Midrash. And whether they said to him, Yes, you can fast for only part of a day. It can be considered a fast, even though you only designated part of the day officially as a fast. And again, as I mentioned, there's a question about whether you're allowed to have eaten or drunk anything during the time or not, but uh, uh, in the intervening time or not. But uh, definitely you can have a fast that's not a full day, that wasn't declared a full day in advance, called Tani Cha'ot, and you can say Anenu. That's number one. Also, uh, the containers that were used to store wine by the non-Jews that absorbed the flavor of the wine, after 12 months, meaning after a year, we consider that the flavor is gone. And, and what Moshe Rabbeinu wore when he was serving in the Mishkan in, before the Kohanim took over was a white, a white uh, tunic. He wore a white tunic that didn't have any hem on the end. It didn't have a, uh, it was a pure um, and uh, without any kind of a, uh, any kind of a hem or any kind of a curve on it because it didn't want to look like he might have snuck out with something uh, folded under his shirt or something like that, Rashi says. But in any case, Amar Chizda, Hadam Rat Mitanin Shaot, Veu Shelotam Kilum Ad Erev. So the, uh, so the, again, I mentioned before, so what does it mean that you can have a tanit sha'ot? That's only if you didn't eat anything until the evening. If you really fasted and you didn't eat anything until the evening, that's a full fast. He says, We're talking about where he started out. She says, He didn't eat half the day. And then half the day through, he decided to accept the rest of the day as a fast upon himself. That's called Tanit Shaot because he started out doing the fast and then he only later decided to continue going with the fast. But if he had, uh, uh, meaning, we're talking about a situation, according to this, that he didn't need anything at all during that entire day. It was just that in the beginning, he didn't really have in mind to have a fast, and he made it a fast midway through and decided to make the tani cha'ot, meaning the rest of the time, uh, a fast until the end of the day. But you can't just make a fast from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and call it a fast. It would have to be from the wherever you're, whatever starting point until the end of the day. And as I mentioned, there are some Rishonim that say that even if you ate in the morning, you could still make a Tani Chod for the rest of the day until the night. Um, but according to, according to many, you ha- it has to be a situation where you didn't eat anything in the morning. And so it turned out that the entire day you didn't eat. And the only Chidush, the only novelty in a Tani Chod is that you didn't designate the fast until it was already underway, as opposed to the normal way where you're supposed to designate a fast in advance from the previous afternoon.